Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. In this week's episode, we're going to be diving into a listener question about cleaning and specifically about doom boxes. Now, if you don't know what those are, don't worry, we'll be looking into that soon enough. And I'm sure you probably already have some that are around the house. Now, if you'd like to leave a question for me of your own, you can head over to hackingyouradhd.com contact and click the orange button to record me a quick message. If you'd like show notes for this episode, you can find those at hackingyouradhd.com slash doomboxes. All right, keep on listening to find out why this episode is doomed. Doomed, I say. Hi, William. I want to say thank you very much for the Hacking Your ADHD podcast. It's really helped me with a lot of things. It's given me a lot of thoughts that I wouldn't have had on my own, and that's given me some ways forward that have really helped me. I wondered if you had any advice for tackling doom boxes, those wonderful things where you end up with containers full of things you don't want to get rid of, but they don't have a place, they're all mixed up, there's no order. I always find them very difficult to uh, even even begin to tackle, and very rarely do I get to the end of a doom box and actually have nothing left or less belongings quite often. I also had a thought that um, a topic that might be interesting might be the difference between sorting stuff, tidying stuff, like putting organization systems in place, and then also cleaning. I really, I realized recently that uh, a lot of what I've been doing had just been the surface level tidying up after a previous activity, and it very rarely got down into deeper layers. Um, so never really got around to putting organization systems in place that helped for next time, and uh, not often got to uh, all the way down to the bottom and actually got to cleaning stuff. Just a thought for you. Uh, again, thank you very much, and I hope you have good luck with the podcast and things in the future. All right. This is a great question, and it's something that I often have to work on on my own. Even now, I can just look over into the corner of my office and, and there's just this pile of boxes. It's my doom corner. So this listener does a fairly good job of summing up what doom boxes are. At their most basic, they're just collections of random junk. It's the stuff that accumulates in boxes and never gets put away. And as I just alluded to, doom boxes don't have to be a box. They're often also drawers, but they can be a closet, an old backpack, even an entire room. Although in many of those cases, it's usually just collections of more and more doom boxes. We've all seen those overwhelming junk rooms. So let's start by addressing why doom boxes form in the first place. And there are a few ways that this often happens. For me, it usually occurs as a desire to clean up my current environment. I want to clear off my desk. I want to pick up a room. I want to have all that stuff off the counter. And the easiest solution is usually just to get a box and shove everything in there. Or maybe I'm moving spaces. I recently relocated my office, and now I have a number of boxes that are just a collection of things from my last office. Additionally, I have a number of doom boxes that are left over from when I moved to my current house. Guess I moved in 2018. So boxes that have been around for the last four years. So why tell you about my doom boxes before we jump into how we can deal with them? Well, I want us to start with the understanding that doom boxes are not a moral failing. And as we've seen, they often come from a fairly good intention of cleaning up our space. 
but they can absolutely feel like we're failing. That even though we have our visible space organized, we know that underneath, we're a disaster. Now, if you haven't heard of doom boxes before, I'm not that surprised. It's a term that only really became popular in the last year. But I'm sure it's also something that most of us can relate to. Because even though I didn't have a word for those collections of junk, this is an issue I've had to deal with for probably since I started having to clean my own room. So what's this deal with doom boxes? They come from our executive dysfunction. But regardless of how our doom boxes form, what's usually going on is that we didn't have anywhere else to put the thing, so into the box it went. That's really the key behind a lot of the doom box. We didn't have a home for its contents. And that's also a key of why it can be so hard to deal with doom boxes. We don't have another place to put all that stuff. This can make going through our doom boxes tough because it can quickly become overwhelming. I'll dive into a box and suddenly I have to find a home for all these things? Well, this can go here, and this can go here, and and then over the course of an hour, I put away three things, throw away another five, and have divided the rest of the doom box into two or three smaller doom boxes. Now, to be sure, at the time, I didn't think I was making new doom boxes, but in three weeks, once I've forgotten the intentions of those boxes, they will start accumulating new crap once again. Doom boxes are also frustrating because it isn't just the unimportant stuff that gets delegated to them. Anything can go in them. And this is stopping us from going with the most obvious solution, which is to just get rid of the doom box. As I mentioned earlier, I have doom boxes that have clearly existed in my home for the last four years. And while I haven't needed anything from those boxes specifically in the last four years, I don't know if any of that stuff is important. So it's hard to just get rid of that box because I don't know what's in it. So what we're left with here is that we have boxes full of junk that we don't want to go through because they're overwhelming and that we don't want to get rid of because they might have something important in them. The key here is that too often we have more stuff than our space can easily hold, so many of the things in them haven't had a chance to develop a real home. Nonetheless, we still want to deal with these doom boxes. Now, we've already hit on the first thing that needs to happen, which is removing our moral judgment about the existence of these doom boxes. Remember, it's just our executive dysfunction. Shame thrives in the dark, and what we want to do now is bring these doom boxes out into the light. Accountability is going to be your friend here because going through these boxes is usually something that we don't want to do. Setting up some kind of accountability can be having a friend come over to help you sort through them or just having someone check in on your progress. And this is also going to give you a timeline to work within. Often, we haven't been going through these boxes because we haven't had to. We can put off doing it because the only consequence of not doing it is its continued existence. And while that's not exactly what we want, it's also not that bad of a consequence either. Next, we need to decide how much we're going to be tackling. And this is going to depend on a lot of factors here, but mainly how much time you can dedicate to what you are doing and how much crap you actually have to sort through. And with that in mind, it's also important to realize that this might take more than just a couple of hours. If you have a lot of stuff to go through, you need to be able to block that time off. And don't worry if it seems like a lot, you don't have to do it all at once. Over the course of a month, you could simply block off every Friday afternoon to go through your doom boxes. This is also why accountability is a huge key here, because while I might be able to motivate myself for the first two Fridays, I might have trouble getting myself fired up for the next few. Now, with that in mind, we can start getting tactical about our approach to Doom Unboxing. 
there are a number of reasons that things get put into Doom boxes, so there are going to be a number of ways that they're going to need to come out. So before we start, we're going to gather some supplies. We're going to need a trash can, a recycling bin, a box or two for giving things away, and then a number of other bins to sort other things into. Plus, we're going to need to have something for marking those bins. I like using blue painter's tape and a Sharpie. So I think with that list, it's pretty clear what our next step is going to be, which is pulling the things out of the boxes and sorting them. We're going to have things that go right into the trash or recycling, but also things that we clearly don't want anymore. In those boxes I have from four years ago, I know that when I go through them, I'm going to find a lot of stuff that I no longer need and can go right into those donation boxes. And bonus points here, just add when you're dropping off those donations to your calendar so you can actually get that part done too. We don't need those donations sitting in the back of our car for a month. And then there's all that other stuff. So a big key here in this process is right now we're just doing triage. We're not actually going to be putting any of this stuff away right now. We're going to plant our butt down among all these boxes and keep it there until we've sorted all the stuff that we need to sort. This is why we chunked off just a certain amount. We're then going to be filling those bins we have with what needs to go into specific rooms. Stuff that needs to go into the kitchen, stuff that needs to go into your office, and so on. We have ADHD, and if we get up and try to put that stuff away, we're more likely to get distracted along the way. What we want to do is simply get these boxes sorted and know where everything is supposed to go. At this point, we don't have to get too specific with our sorting. We can have bins like paper, pens, clothing, books, whatever kind of piles you need to sort into. But knowing that we can then further subdivide those piles later, this is just our first step. And this is an incredibly important point here. Label the bins that these things are going into, especially if you're breaking these sessions into a few days. It may feel like we're going to remember what was supposed to go in each bin, but I can guarantee you that we will forget and things will get mixed up, and we're going to have new Doom boxes on our hands soon enough. So, after we've sorted out our boxes, we can take a break. Remember, we've got everything labeled now, we should be able to come back to it. Once we're ready to start again, we can take these things that we've sorted into the appropriate bins and start putting those things away. Books into bookshelves, dirty plates and cups into the kitchen, dirty clothes into laundry hampers, just the simple first step of where everything needs to go. And if you have bins that need to be further subdivided, you can start doing that process as well. Our next step then is finding homes for those things that never had a home in the first place. And honestly, I think this is the most important step because this is what's going to help us from forming new Doom boxes as quickly. And I also want to acknowledge here that even once I clear all my old Doom boxes, that I'm probably going to form new Doom boxes again, and that's okay. Especially now that I have a system for dealing with those Doom boxes. This process is playing catch up, but cleaning is a cycle. We're never going to be done cleaning because we're always somewhere in that cycle. I find an easy way to envision this cycle is with our dishes, because our dishes always exist somewhere in that cleaning cycle. They can be clean and put away, they can be currently being used, they can be prepped for being cleaned, as in they're just in the sink, they can be currently being cleaned, and they can be cleaned but not put away yet. And all our cleaning comes in these cycles, which means we're never going to hit complete clean, because we're always going to be somewhere in that cycle. Even if it's dishes put away, carpets vacuumed, all doom boxes put away. Because again, 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 it's a cycle, and it's always just going to keep going. 
I hope this answers your question and gives you some insight into how we can deal with our Doom boxes. And for everyone else listening as well, remember if you've got any questions, feel free to send them over to me at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. 1. Doom boxes are collections of odds and ends that end up in a single location, usually a box or a drawer, and it's important to acknowledge that having a Doom box isn't a moral failing. 2. When tackling your Doom boxes, set a schedule for when you're going to go through them and enlist some accountability to make sure that you actually do it. 3. The biggest key to going through your Doom boxes is to sort everything into where those things need to go and to not get up while you're doing that sorting. We will get distracted, we will forget what we're supposed to be doing, or at least find something else that we'd rather be doing instead. Remember, you don't have to do it all at once, but be sure to label where everything is supposed to go. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can leave me a message over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. You can also reach me on Twitter at HackingYourADHD, and I've also just launched a TikTok channel that you can find by searching for Hacking Your ADHD. If you'd like links or to read this episode's transcript, you can find those on the show notes page at HackingYourADHD.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best way is to share episodes with someone you think would get something out of it. Just click the share button on your podcast player and send your bestie the link with something like, hey, I loved this episode of Hacking Your ADHD. I'd bet you'd get a lot out of it too. Or you can support the show through my Patreon at hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. Sign up for the 2 5 10 25 or even $50 a month level and get some great perks like monthly bonus content or early access to upcoming episodes. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. And be sure to check out all the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out Eric Tiver's show, ADHD Rewired. For those of you with kids, be sure to check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And even if you don't have kids, his show is still a great resource for ADHD management. If you're interested in exploring issues of race and diversity in ADHD, be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. For those of you late-diagnosed women, moms, and professionals, you can also check out the ADHD-friendly lifestyle with Moira Maven. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network on the second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to sign up, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. A magician was driving down the street when all of a sudden he turned into a driveway. A driveway.